Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Virtual Voyage on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I'm your host, Abigail Snyder, and this is the Armchair Travel Show, where you don't have to leave your comfort zone. If your comfort zone is your car, you stay there. If your comfort zone is your dorm room, you stay there. And if your comfort zone is your living room, you stay there. Last time on the Virtual Voyage, we were in Israel, and we had the opportunity to take a little-known hiking trail from the side of Jerusalem that we're on right now, over here with Joffa Street, all the way over to the Mount of Olives. And along the way, we walked along the famous King David Street and saw the hotel President Trump stays when he's in Israel. We also went down through the Kidron Valley, and we went to the Garden of Gethsemane, the place where Jesus was arrested. And we tried to imagine what it must have been like on that night for Jesus as he was praying and then was arrested. We went to the Church of All Nations in the area of Gethsemane and saw that rock that Jesus might have been praying at before the 600 or so Roman uh, soldiers came to arrest him. We saw a breathtaking view of the Dome of the Rock and the Temple Mount from the Mount of Olives, and we got to see the Jewish cemetery also up there on the Mount of Olives. And lastly, we checked out the Chapel of Ascension, where it said that Jesus ascended from, although I tend to be a bit skeptical of that place. Now, here on the virtual voyage, I'd like to say Shabbat Shalom. Well, you may be confused by that term, so you may have heard me mention Shabbat in Israel a few times now. Shabbat is the Jewish Sabbath. The word Shabbat is, is a Hebrew word, obviously. It means to cease. So we think about the English translation, the Sabbath, where we are to cease work. Okay, some background. In the United States, we think about the Sabbath as being Sunday, right? And most of us probably don't even observe the entirety of the Sabbath. We maybe go to church on Sunday morning. But we live in such a busy culture and it never stops. So we continue to work maybe right when we get back from church and we never really give our bodies a break. It's interesting that the Jews take the command of the Shabbat, of the Sabbath, so seriously. We think about it, we know something, uh, well, the words of Jesus in Mark 2, that the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So we think about that. The Jews recognize the importance of the Sabbath because God gave them a direct command to observe the Sabbath so that the Jews and their, and their bodies, their lives would be protected. You know, we're finite creatures. We can only do so much. Okay, you remember a few tours ago when I was sick? Well, what happened there? Well, between the jet lag and not sleeping and then trying to make sure I was prepared for the tours, my body couldn't handle it and it was worn out. The Sabbath is almost like a preventative measure for that issue. God takes the Sabbath so seriously that in the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, he would constantly repeat the importance of keeping the Sabbath holy. I mean, there were some really, really harsh punishments for someone who would break it. In Numbers, it even says that someone who would gather firewood, gather firewood, that seems like nothing to us. Someone who would do that on the Sabbath is to be stoned to death. That is the harshest punishment possible for breaking the Sabbath. So anyways, back here in Israel, the Sabbath goes from Friday at sundown to Saturday at sundown. It's only late morning on Friday right now, so we can't see it yet. But in several hours, the country, the entire country, except for a few select parts, maybe like Tel Aviv, will shut down. Right now, on the other hand, it does seem a little busier than normal. And that's because all of the Jews are running around and making preparations for the Shabbat. In fact, why don't we get a little glimpse, an inside glimpse at those preparations by walking up, little change here, by walking up Jaffa Street, and go to the Makna Yehuda Market, or better known as the Shuk. If you think the old city market is crazy when we're going down there through, uh, through the old city, if you think that's crazy, you have no idea what the Shuk is like right before Shabbat. 
All right, let's go ahead on in here on the virtual voyage on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Here, on the right, look over here. The first thing you see is some weird looking bread loaf. Do you see that? It has these raised braids on top. It's really odd, but this is actually challah bread. It's super important to the Jews. As part of the Shabbat dinner ceremony, they will eat this challah, and it helps them remember God's provision for them with the manna they were given when they were wandering in the desert for 40 years. Do you remember uh, that whole situation where, where they essentially just wandered around in the desert and God provided food for them? The challah is supposed to be representative of that manna and helps them remember. To make challah, you have to take this, this dough and you roll it out into long snakes and then you braid it across each other until you have that beautiful design we're seeing right here on the right of us on that table. People like to sprinkle it with sesame seeds too sometimes. You know, some Jewish families will make their own challah, but a lot of them will buy it and that's why we're seeing so many of these challahs, literally hundreds of challah breads around because each family needs two loaves or even more. So that's why there seems like to be a bit of a surplus. Challah bread is delicious. You know, we're going to have some tonight at our, at our own Shabbat table. But for now, try to imagine this pillowy, slightly sweet bread with this crispy exterior. Yeah, it, it's as good as it sounds. You'll also probably see a lot of wine and, and grape juice. And that's because that drink is part of the Shabbat ceremony as well. The Kaddish, well, the, the Kaddish rather. And we're going to talk all about that later. And I, I, I just want you to be aware of it right now so you're not confused. Uh, because I remember when I first walked into the market, my first Shabbat in Israel, and, and I saw just surpluses of what seemed to be random food items like challah and grape juice. Well, there's a reason. There are also many fresh vegetables around. Those are a staple at Shabbat. And you may be slightly disgusted eh, to see all of the raw meat. Most people won't be buying the meat just, uh, just now when Shabbat's a few hours away, but, but it, it's still an option. You know, preparations for the Shabbat dinner actually start on, on Thursday. Can you imagine? It's like Thanksgiving dinner, but every week. That is literally the Shabbat dinner. There are just so many fine delicacies all around us, and I know you want to try everyone, but I promise, I have prepared a super special Shabbat meal for us in just a few hours. So come on over here. Let's, let's go on ahead out of the market. And what I want to do now is, is I'm going to have you go back to the hostel and, and put on some of your fancier clothes for the Shabbat meal. Nothing too crazy. It's what we might in the United States call your Sunday best. Then meet me in front of the hostel in, in two hours for our official Shabbat tour. Alrighty, it's nearly sundown. Sundown today is a bit early. It's at 4.56 p.m. But that's actually good for us because it means I can give you the tour here on the virtual voyage of the Shabbat and we can watch the Shabbat come in and then I won't keep you too hungry. You might notice a lot of Jews currently rushing down Jaffa Street in these very fancy looking clothes. Let's actually jump in behind them and walk along and I'll, I'll tell you where they're going and where we're going on the way. Many are actually headed down to the Western Wall, and that is where we're headed too. Some of them are also going to the synagogue. Many of the Jews will go to the synagogue throughout the period of the 24-hour the Shabbat. For many, it's the place where they'll begin the Shabbat. You also might notice that they're not carrying anything. In the past, we've seen a lot of Jews with bags and, and maybe the various religious books, but, but they're not this time, and that's because carrying an item on Shabbat would be work, and it's not Shabbat right now, but, but it will be uh, when they're going home, and so... They actually can't carry anything else except what they're wearing as clothes. Now, if you think that's a weird work rule, working on the Shabbat is, is carrying a, a book, uh, you, you just wait. 
So we're here at the western wall. Let's go ahead on through the metal detectors. And the first problem Jews might run into with trying to get into the western wall in Shabbat is that going through a metal detector, uh, according to rabbinic tradition, is work if they were to set off the alarm. So it's actually been set up in such a way that the Jews can go through the metal detector, which is required to get into the western wall, but they can go through it without an issue on Shabbat. There just needs to not be metal in their pockets or something like that. And we know that carrying metal or carrying a coin in their pockets would actually be bad because they can't carry anything with them on the Shabbat. So technically, that would actually desecrate the Shabbat. When we come out into the Western Wall Plaza, we've been here before, it's particularly crowded. It's just about sundown right now, so go ahead and put your phones away. Using your phone on Shabbat is most definitely work to, uh, to work to the Jews. They turn off all their electronics for the entirety of the 24-hour period. So you don't want to be seen using it right here in the Western Wall. Also, if you're hoping to maybe use this chance at the Western Wall to write a prayer on a piece of paper and put it in the wall, don't do it. One of the Jews will definitely come after you and yell at you. Well, that's because writing on Shabbat is work. The Jews cannot write anything down. I remember going to a Shabbat dinner at the house of an Orthodox Jewish family, and I was telling one of the family members about this great book I had read, and then I was recommending it to them. The woman said that she would try to remember it, and she also asked another family to remember the title as well. But see, she couldn't actually write down the title. That would be against the laws of the Sabbath, against the laws of the Shabbat for her to write anything down. Okay, now comes my favorite part. All the Jews are getting in a circle over here by the wall because the Shabbat is just about to be ushered in. Just watch, they're all getting in a circle and they're dancing together and singing. It is just so fun to watch. The Shabbat really is a joyous time of rest to the Jews. So now, follow me over here. I want to go to the bathroom. There's a reason, I promise. I know this sounds strange, but I want you to go into the bathroom, go into one of the stalls, and look at the toilet paper. J just do it, okay? So what did you find? Not normal toilet paper, that's for sure. The toilet paper was pre-torn. Now, you may think I'm making this up, but I'm really not. Tearing toilet paper on the Shabbat is work for the Jews. Tearing toilet paper on the Shabbat, that's work for them, so they can't do it. They can use toilet paper, but they can't tear it. Basically, it has to be pre-torn. Okay, so one question you might have at this point is, are the Jews really upholding the idea of Sabbath for the man and not man for the Sabbath? They make so many rules, and a question that I've always, always wondered about and I'm still wondering about is, are the rules in accordance with God's original intent for the Shabbat, for the Sabbath? not sure that I have a definitive answer, and you should think about that question too. We might see some of these practices, such as not tearing toilet paper on the Shabbat, and immediately judge them as overkill. But the Jews put a lot of emphasis on the importance of rest. So maybe a final question I'll leave you with is, is it really ruining the rest of God to tear toilet paper? Hmm. I guess it's a question you'll need to think about, and I'd encourage you to do just that. Well, now that the Shabbat has officially been ushered in here on the virtual voyage on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM, and we've also seen the joy at the Western Wall and learned about some of the other practices, let's walk on back to a special room I've rented out for us to enjoy a Shabbat dinner together. I've had some friends here who've been working really hard to make sure you're going to be able to enjoy an authentic Shabbat. As we're walking back, notice how few cars are on the road. For the Jews who do own cars, uh, they park them for the Shabbat, and that's because it would be work to use a car. We can definitely conceptualize that, right? Work to drive a car makes sense. 
but it's honestly eerie to be walking along the street here, the street that is normally so busy. Christians and Muslims can still drive, but the Jews make up a, more, uh, a major portion of the population of Jerusalem and the population of Israel. So when they're out driving, I mean, there aren't cars on the road. It, it's crazy. And what's even crazier is that it will be like this for the rest of Shabbat. The light rail system here that we normally would see is also shut down. That would be work for them to ride on it. It would be work for someone who's operating it. So that is just shut down for the entirety of Shabbat as well. Like I said, the entire country shuts down. And I honestly was not joking when I said that. And now you can see the evidence for that claim that I made. Okay, so we made it to the place where we're going to have Shabbat dinner. So go ahead and, and sit down, sit down around the table. And we're obviously missing a few elements of a Shabbat table. Uh, which includes a key element being the Jews themselves, but we'll make it work. I just want you to be able to have the experience of the Shabbat and understand what exactly the Shabbat is. So the first element of the Jewish Shabbat is the candle lighting, where a blessing is also said. So this is traditionally done by the Jewish woman of the home. So we don't have anyone here who fits that qualification. We're also in a rented room. So I'm going to go ahead and read the prayer in Hebrew and light the candle at the same time. And then after the candle is lighted and it's burning, I'll read it in, in English so you can understand. Baruch atah Odonai Eloheinu melech haolam asher kidshano be mitzvot sav. Veid sizvano lehadlek near shalbos shabos. Not a perfect translation. I'm also not a native Hebrew speaker. But here we go. Blessed are you, God, King of the universe, who made us holy with his commandments and commanded us to kindle the Shabbat light. So there we have it. That's the first part of the Shabbat. Now we're going to sing a song called Shalom Alechem, and it's a prayer in the form of a song to welcome the angels of God who usher in the Shabbat, and they also escort the Jews home as they return from prayer at the synagogue on Friday night to their houses. The song is ultimately asking that the, uh, the angels will come in peace and bless the Shabbat table, and also when the Shabbat is over, that they will leave in peace. I'm going to sing a little bit of it for you now. Join in if you get the hang of it. I'm, uh, you know, I'm not a virtuosic singer here, but we're all here on this virtual voyage, so I'm sure we won't pass judgment. The Jews sitting at the Shabbat table aren't always virtuosic singers either, but they all join in and sing this joyous song. So I'm going to sing probably just two verses for you uh, so you can understand it and just get the hang of it. But it does go on for quite some time. Shalom Alechem, Malachi Hasharis, Malachi Elion, Mimelech, Malachi Amelachim Hakadosh, Baruchu. Boakim le Shalom, Malachi Hasharom, Malachi Elion. Mimelech, Malchai Hamelachim Hakadosh Baruchu. And like I said, the song would continue to go on, but ultimately that song is just recognizing the angels of Shabbat who are ushering it in. And here's a, a bit of the translation Peace upon you, ministering angels, messengers of the Most High, of the Supreme King of Kings, the Holy One, blessed be He. Come in peace, messengers of peace, messengers of the Most High, of the Supreme King of Kings, the Holy One, blessed be He. At this point, now that we've sung Shalom Aleichem, the man of the household would read Proverbs 31 to his wife. We're going to skip that part for now, but that would be the next step. 
Okay, then the father, he actually gets up and he goes around to his children and he blesses his children one by one. There's a blessing for sons and then a blessing for daughters. The one for sons, he, w- he would read it like this, may God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. And for daughters, he would say, may God make you like Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, and Leah. And then once he's gone around individually, he says the priestly blessing to his sons and daughters. May God bless you and watch over you. May God make his face shine toward you and grant you favor. May God be favorably disposed to you and may he grant you peace. Obviously, in an Orthodox Jewish home, this is all done in Hebrew. Right now, we've done a little bit of it in Hebrew, but mainly in English. There's no practical purpose for us to do this all in Hebrew because none of us would be able to understand it. Okay, now we're going to get to a fun part. Do you remember earlier when I pointed out that there was wine and grape juice all around us at the market because it was needed for the Kiddush? So I have some grape juice for us here, and we're going to partake in that portion of the Shabbat ceremony. So everyone grab the cup in front of you and take some of the grape juice. We'll just pass it around. Now, normally we'd have this very long blessing, but I'll just say the main portion. Blessed are you, God, King of the universe, creator of the fruit of the vine. Now, everyone, take your juice and let's all toast. Say, Lahaim, which means to life. Lahaim. Now, we're all going to go over to the sink here, and I want you to line up and wash your hands. But the Jews actually do something special, and we're going to do it here, too. Once you've washed your hands, and this is not going to be with soap or maybe a traditional hand washing, I just want you to take the water pitcher right here and dump it over both of your hands. Again, this is ritualistic. We'll discuss it on another tour. So once you've washed your hands, just dump the water over, dry them, and then sit down. But don't say anything. So I'll go first and show you what you're going to say as you wash your hands. Blessed are you, God, King of the universe, who made us holy with his commandments and commanded us in the washing of the hands. So go ahead and wash and return to your seat. And let's practice the tradition and not speak still. But I'm going to talk you through what's about to happen. So we have this challah bread here, right? And that's the bread we saw earlier in the market with the braids on top. I'm going to hold up the two loaves here, and I'm going to bless them. Normally, this will be done by the man of the household. But for now, I'll just do it and say part of the blessing. Blessed are you, God, king of the universe, who brings forth bread from the universe. Now, I'm going to slice up this challah bread. And before you get to get that delectable first taste of challah bread, I'm going to dip it in salt. Not a lot. I'm not going to ruin it, I promise. But there's a reason. See, bread is actually what establishes a meal as a proper one for the Jews. And so there are two reasons I'm dipping the bread in salt. One, the table we're sitting at here is to resemble the altar. And whenever a sacrifice was made in the altar, just like the the altar that we saw at the Temple Institute, right? Whenever a sacrifice was made on an altar, it had salt. So that's why we're dipping the bread in salt. But there's also a second reason, and it's really just tradition that you dip the blessed bread in salt to make it tasty. I had a Jewish rabbi recently explain it to me like this. This is an old custom dating back to when bread was not seasoned and therefore basically not tasty, just filling. Now that all bread is seasoned and tasty, there would not be a reason to continue this tradition, but tradition, dot, 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 tradition. Go ahead, take the challah bread, pass it around, and eat some. Now, the Jews have other portions of the Shabbat that they might practice, and I've, I've seen some of those. Um, they can get very intricate depending on how, uh, how strict some of the homes are. But for now, I want to eat. This is going to be one great meal. My friends here, they prepared some real delicacies for you. 
We're gonna do something a little unconventional. Normally we'd pass the food around, but because we're all here as virtual voyagers and, and we have a big group, we're gonna go ahead and do this as a buffet style. So go ahead, grab your plate, go up to the counter up there and get the food you'd like. Let me explain what you should get though. Things you don't wanna miss out on. The chicken with some Israeli spices is absolutely amazing, highly recommend. There's also matzo ball soup. That is just a delicious soup that's really a, a, a nice kind of balance between some of the richness we'll get here. And it's, uh, it's filled with kind of these, these floating balls that are equivalent to American dumplings. It's quite good. There's also some salad, which I always like to offset all of the, the rich meats. The fish is delicious here, especially because Israel can get it fresh from the Mediterranean Sea. And then some of the roasted veggie is always, of course, a great thing to have. You know, this meal is really what I'd expect to see at my own Thanksgiving table, but the Jews do this every week, so go ahead, dig in, and enjoy. Shabbat is a wonderful experience. I mean, just enjoy this time with your fellow virtual voyagers. I've been at Shabbats that have gone well into the night as we discuss the scriptures and the various laws in Judaism, and, and maybe just even our time in Israel. Your first Shabbat is one I certainly hope you'll never forget. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Virtual Voyage, the armchair travel show with me, Abigail, on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. I hope you'll tune back in next time as we head up to the Temple Mount and see where the temple, the most holy and revered place in all of Judaism, used to stand. You won't want to miss it. I don't think I need to say much more. See you next time on The Virtual Voyage.